What is the main symbol of Christianity? The cross. Absolutely, that is correct. And so if the cross is the main symbol of Christianity, what a scandal it is that most of us Christians spend most of our time and energy trying to avoid the cross. If, if the cross is what marks out Christianity, then embracing the cross should be the characteristic mark of every Christian. That should be what distinguishes us from all the rest of the world, because nothing else really does. The fact that we endure the cross, that's spread evenly, right? We suffer just as much as anybody else. We're just as prone to illness, to poverty, toward disagreements, tensions within families, mental illness, incarceration, mistakes, We do just about the same as everybody else. The difference between us and the world is that the cross does not have to be this silent terror that we're terrified of, that we try to avoid at all costs, that we spend all of our lives running away from and avoiding. No, for the Christian, we're able to embrace the cross as Christ did because we know that the cross at the end of the day does not win. The terror of the cross is that it will end us. That's why our our natural impulse is to avoid it. Anytime that there's a difficulty or a chance of suffering, to run in the other direction. And yet we Christians don't have to fear it in the same way because we are incorporated in the body of Christ who embraced his cross, carried his cross, mounted his cross, died on his cross but in so doing conquered his cross because then he rose from the dead. That is our faith, and so that should be the reality of our lives. That instead of picking and choosing what are the easiest and most preferable parts of the Catholic faith, and that's what I live out and the other stuff I discard, no, I take it whole and entire, and I say these parts are easy, these parts for me are so hard, but I'm going to live it all out. I'm going to embrace the cross because I know that it's through the cross that I can get to the resurrection and no other way. I may have a difficult life situation. I may spend my days comparing the size of my cross to the size of another's and to say like theirs looks so easy, so light, so little. Mine feels like such a burden that nobody could possibly understand. I'm just going to discard mine. I'm going to resent mine. But yours was your gift. It was a gift from God Almighty. And we might hear that and think, what a cruel God that he would give me a cross. Well, for a fallen person in a fallen world, some amount of suffering was inevitable. God's gift was not the suffering. God's gift is the character that he can form within us through the suffering. If he had it his way, There would have been no suffering. He would have been able to form that character within us even without us ever turning away from him. And yet, I think if we ask for a raise of hands, every single person here would have to sheepishly raise it in the the air if I asked who here has ever turned away from the Lord. We might blame Adam and Eve and say, you introduced all this. Well, we ratified that choice with every sin. 
But the beauty of God, the gift of God, is that within that context of suffering, of pain, of confusion, misunderstanding, all the rest, he doesn't let all of that win. For the Christian who embraces the cross, who enters into that suffering, he forms the most beautiful thing in all of creation, which is a holy soul. Because that, that's the goal of every single one of our lives. It's not popularity. It's not fame and renown, security in a financial way. It's not just building up a family that cares for us. All of those are fine things, but ultimately, the goal of every single human life is that God may create the masterpiece of a holy soul and a good character in everybody. Because what a tragedy if you have all that the world has to offer, but you have a rotten heart within you. And yet, what a victory if maybe you have nothing that the world looks upon as good or admirable or desirable, but within your heart beats the heart of a saint. Within your chest beats the heart of a holy person. Your character is such that you are able to actually live with virtue. That's the goal. That's the joy. That's the glory of being a Christian, is that we can face our crosses in a way that someone with no hope of the resurrection never could. Because we can face our crosses knowing that our God is greater than those crosses. We can face the difficulties and the suffering in our lives knowing that that difficulty and that suffering will not need to be in vain. That through every single part of it, God can form within us a character worthy of glory and honor for all of eternity in heaven. Often, though, since we live in a society where a lot of Christian virtues are not seen as good or desirable, trying to live out your faith is actually something that is scorned and mocked. Sometimes you're even called hateful for just adhering to the church teaching. And it can be a difficult situation within which we feel like the cross is just too much for us. We may feel, in fact, some of that persecution. And even though sometimes, yes, that does occur, where people willfully choose to misunderstand us and to hate us, that's not always the case. Just this week, I, I saw this short little video that was very convicting to me. It was just seven seconds long. And it was this man who said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but here it is. You're not being persecuted for being a Christian. You're being held accountable for not acting like one. And boy, did that ring true. Because how often is it that we are just so nasty online or in a conversation and we think, oh, the reason people don't like me is because I'm a Christian and I stand up for the faith. No, the reason people don't like you is because you're a jerk. Like, that, 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 that's, that's it. It's that you were not acting as Christ. You did not reflect that humility, that tenderness, that compassion that Christ had, even with those that he was rebuking. Even with those that he had to say, you're living life the wrong way. But I love you. I understand you. I want to see where you're coming from. I want to journey with you to help you carry your cross so that then you can start living in the way you were created to live. We're being held accountable. And today Christ reminds us that the only proper way to be a Christian 
is to take up our cross and follow him. He could have advertised it differently. He could have gotten so many more followers if he just said, hey, follow me and you'll see the world. Follow me and you're going to have a comfortable life. Everything that you're going to want, you're going to get. You are going to be spared all of the uh, illness and injury that the rest of the world has if only you just listen to me. But that's not what he said. Instead, his advertising strategy was the complete opposite. Instead of saying you're going to have a good, comfortable life, he said your life is going to be hard. But you know what? That's the case whether you follow me or not. In a fallen world, there's no way to escape difficulty. But if you embrace that cross, you can find meaning within that difficulty. No amount of suffering would ever be wasted because through it all, God can create a masterpiece out of your soul. He can make you a saint. One that is able to laugh at anything that the world threatens and to say, none of that's more powerful than the God that I worship and the Christ that I follow. The Messiah with whom I am in communion every moment of my life. And so today, those are our marching orders, are to take up our cross and to follow him. But first we have to be honest about what our crosses are. And that's why during the silent moments of this Mass, during the time that the altar is being prepared for the sacrifice, during those prayers, maybe when our mind starts to wander, let it start to wander on what can I offer in sacrifice? What are the crosses that that I have been avoiding? What parts of church teaching have I cast aside because they were too difficult for me or because I just didn't like them? What areas of my life is there suffering that I've just been trying to skirt around and not face? Difficult conversations I've been avoiding. People in my life I've been called to love that I've just pushed to the side. And we reflect, what are those crosses? We recognize, I might be sitting right next to them, right? But how can I love them better? How can I see the resurrection already in view as I embrace the cross that I know will be difficult? But it doesn't end there. We read in the letter of St. James, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister has nothing to wear and has no food for the day, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and eat well, but you do not give them the necessities of the body, what good is it? So also faith of itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's not just about each of us in isolation, me and my Jesus. I carry my cross and I just live this life of misery and oh, nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Now, too many of us live our lives with that kind of victim mentality of, I got it so much harder than anybody else, and you know what, I'm carrying my cross heroically, and nobody could ever possibly understand. No, the goal is that we are one body, we are one family, and that means your cross is my cross too. That means woe is me if I'm not thinking not only in terms of carry my own cross, but also help you carry yours. But also, woe to you if you don't think of helping other people with their crosses. Because every single person's cross is a little bit too heavy for them to carry. We need the grace of God. We need the sacraments. We need a real relationship with Him to be able to embrace it, to be able to even begin to carry it. But then you know what else we need? Each other. To be able to help carry each other's crosses. 
And, and when we start doing that, number one, asking God, what are the crosses that you are calling me to carry in my life and give me the courage to embrace them and begin to carry them? Number two, who can I reach out to to help me carry my crosses and whose crosses can I help to carry? Once we start doing those two things, carrying our own and helping each other to carry their crosses, then we answer with our lives the most important question Christ has ever asked us. That question that he directs to each, each and every single one of us today. When he looks us right into the soul and says, But you, who do you say that I am? We've reflected on this before. It's so easy to give a theological answer from our catechism classes. Who is he? He's Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. God made man. All of that's true. All of that's beautiful. And if it's just words, what is it worth? The way that we proclaim our answer to the question, who do we say that Jesus Christ is, is with our lives. By making a characteristic of us as Christians the fact that we embrace the symbol of Christianity in the cross. The fact that we do that with courage, with generosity of spirit, with love and with joy. And that then we go to help each other with each other's crosses. If we do those two things, then we end up proclaiming to the world that we know who Jesus Christ is, that he is the risen one, that he has conquered the cross, and that through us, he can conquer our crosses as well.